God. Generous in every way. Hallelujah. You know, most of us don't start by paying something off for somebody. <laughs> At least we haven't started that way. But uh, what can you do? Well, you can start by, I mean, I know some people have just found out what somebody's rent payment is for one month. You know, and they believe God for that to come in. You know, if it was $1,000, they believe they got it together and sewed and said, I want to pay one month, you know, or, or I want to pay $100 every month for, you know, for the next however many months to help with. You just, just get involved with what he's doing and help where you That's can. Right. Amen. You get started where you're at. Amen. And uh, he increases us more and more. More and more. The, the Bible says that. He'll increase us more and more but only those who are uh, getting involved. Yes. Amen. Amen. We don't wait until the, the, you know, the $10,000 check comes in before right. we start sewing. We, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, God's not in, really in the lottery business, you know, where just boom, all of a sudden here comes, you know, the giant check. No, I, that could happen, but, but he's looking for the faithful person. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Are you, if you're faithful with little, if you're faithful with little, Amen. the Bible says, then, you'll, then you can be faithful with much. That's right. Wow. That's right. Thank Amen. You, thank you, thank if you're faithful Amen. with little, faithful everybody with say, little. I'll be faithful with little. I'll be faithful with little. Hallelujah. And that's in every area. I yeah. mean, if you're starting a business, are you faithful with, with the little that you have? <coughs> or are you complaining about it? Mm -mm. Oh, help me, Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, are, are you complaining, this, this dumb thing, if we only had such and such, if we only had better equipment, if we only had, you know, are you complaining about the car you have? Mm -mm. Well, ah, Praise the Lord. It, it's just so old, it's so old, I can't, I, it's just so old, it always breaks down, I can't, I'm just so tired of this, if we only had a better car, if we only had a new car, well, how do you expect a new car to come if you're complaining about what you have? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thankfulness is part of faithfulness. Thankfulness is part of faithfulness. Are you thankful for what you have, what's been provided for you? Hallelujah. Are you taking care of what you have? Are you taking care of the money that comes in, or are you just blowing it on dumb stuff? Praise the Lord. He's so good to us. He's helping us today. Amen. So um, are we faithful with what God has provided for us? Are we thankful for what he has? If we want our business to prosper, we better be thankful for the little we have now. That's right. Yes. That's thank, thank you, Lord, for the wisdom to grow this thing. Thank Amen. you for uh, the wisdom to be a blessing with what I have. Amen. Yes. Uh, you know, how, the, it, it doesn't, it looks really small to me. But how can I, you know, in order for this to be bigger, I have to be faithful with what you've provided here. Mm -hmm. And so, so help me to do this the best that I can. Right. How, how do I do that? How can I be faithful? Amen. The man who puts his hand to what he has, glory That's to God, right. will be blessed with more. That's right. Amen. He'll be blessed with more. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, um, last week we... <laughs> We began talking about uh, a man named Charles Finney. Do you remember mm -hmm. that? Can we uh, look at Jeremiah uh, chapter 16 and verse 16? Jeremiah 16, 16. 
This was the Lord talking through Jeremiah. And he said this, he said, Behold, I am sending for many fishers. Everybody say many fishers. fishers. I'm sending for many fishers, declares the Lord, and they shall catch them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sending for many fishers, and they shall catch them. You talk about being faithful with what you have. Are we being faithful with what God has blessed us with? And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are we being faithful to be a fisher of men? Praise the Lord. The Lord, uh, God told us here, not only am I sending for fishers, um, I'm sending them out, I'm sending for fishers, and what's he saying? Anyone who will sign up for the job, you've got the job. You've got the job. Praise the Lord. I'm sending for many fishers, and what did the Lord say about those fishers? They shall catch. They shall catch. Amen. They shall catch. Everybody say, I shall catch them. I shall catch them. I shall catch them. Glory to God. If I've been called to be a fisher of men, which I have, if you have been called to be a fisher of men, which you have, the Bible says that you shall catch them. Glory to God. That's so exciting to me. That's so exciting to me. That means that the people that I talk to will be impacted. Amen. There's going to be there's going to be a touch from God. There's going to be a change in the heart. I shall catch them. Yes. I don't know about you, but that has completely changed my thinking. My mindset mm-hmm. about talking to people about the Lord. Yeah. It's no more like, "Oh, I hope I hope I don't you know, I, I hope I say this right. I, I hope I don't screw this up. Oh, maybe this isn't a good time. No, 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 no. He said he sent me. And he said, I'll catch him. Yeah. I'll catch him. I'll catch him. I'll, I'll catch him. Praise the Lord. I'll catch him. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. Brother Finney, he, he was a revivalist. He got born again in... Uh, the 1800s, early 1800s, and from the moment he got born again, people around him started getting saved. From the moment he received Christ, he started to realize their people's souls, their eternal destiny depends on what I say to them. It depends on what I say. Praise the Lord. Now, you may think this has nothing to do with today's day and age. Well, you are wrong, wrong, wrong. Praise the Lord. It has everything to do with today's day and age. Because Jesus Christ cannot come back to this earth. He cannot return again for a glorious church until, the Bible tells us, until everyone has heard the gospel, until everyone has had a chance to know and receive Christ. And it's our job to let them know. It's our job to let them know. And oh, if you'd put a smile on your face, this would help so much because this is not bad news. Glory to God. There is a a group, a whole world out there that needs to know about Jesus. 
And I know you might think, well, I don't go to the world. Some of us do, some of us don't. But you live in an apartment building. You live in a, in a, a townhouse. You live in a neighborhood. You live somewhere where there are people that don't know Jesus. Yeah, that's right. You go to work, and I guarantee you, not everyone that you work with knows Jesus. Right? Right? And so there's always going to be an opportunity to share your faith mm -hmm. right. with somebody. Right. To share about Jesus. This is so important. Mm -hmm. And we know, we're asking the Lord for his spirit to come upon all flesh. That, that uh, he would touch all nations of, uh, of the earth. How is he going to do it? Through us, through us, through what we say, through what we minister, through how we reach out and touch people. Hallelujah. So he's sending for many fishers, and those fishers are us. And the Bible says we shall catch them. We shall, we shall, we shall. Glory to God. If that's not a faith statement, I don't know what is. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to catch people for yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Glory to God. I'm going to catch them. Glory to God. Now, would you look with me, uh, before we read another story, look with me in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, today for your help as we minister your word. Glory to God. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding that we can see and know you in a greater way than we have before. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse, verse 3. It says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. Everybody say perishing. Perishing. In their case, whose case? Those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world, who's the God of this world? It's the devil, Satan. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Why? To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. I'm going to read this again. Even if our gospel is veiled, what does veiled mean? You put a veil over something. What, you know, a, a bride, she puts a veil over her face. Uh, it's, it's to cover something, right? It's to, to hide it. If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. Guys, the Bible tells us very clearly, those who don't know Christ are perishing. If they die without receiving the Lord Jesus into their life, into their heart, they will perish. They will die and they will, their, their soul, their, their eternal spirit will move to hell. Where they are eternally separated from God. And eternally in torment. Those who are perishing, in their case, those who are perishing, in the case of those who are perishing, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. 
guys, you're going to go to work on, on Monday, some of you maybe even tonight, and you're going to meet people that are living their life blind. Yes. yes. They're living their life bumping into walls, tripping over chairs, not knowing the the light that is available to them, not knowing. I mean, have we all seen uh, uh, videos of somebody who was even just colorblind and they put on those new glasses that they have and then all of a sudden they can see color where they never saw it before? Do you see their reaction? I mean, people, they start weeping because they never saw color. They never saw what was actually there. Guys, there's a whole world of people out there walking around never seeing the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't know. The, The Bible says that Satan has blinded their minds, their eyes. They can't see. They can't see. But here's the good news. The light of the gospel is bigger, stronger. It's brighter. It's brighter than any blindfold the enemy could ever put on on mankind. And so when we read about Charles Finney, when we see people in our own lives that are out uh, touching and winning souls, when we talk about us being fishers of men and catching men, understand this, that part of our catching is praying. Part of our catching is being led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And part of our catching is understanding this person's blind and they need to see. And so we ask the Father, Father, thank you. Thank you for the light of the gospel. I ask you to open the eyes of their understanding. Help them to see. Help them to see. Help them to know. Help me deliver exactly what they need to hear to break the blinders off of those eyes so that they can see and be flooded with the light of the gospel. That's right. Amen. Now... I, don't, I know precious little about fishing. When we lived in New York, I, uh, we owned a, a, a house um, on the lake. Uh, it was a summer place that we went to. It was about an hour from where we lived in New York. And it was, it was a great delight. But this little lake was a fishing lake, primarily. And people came from all over to fish. Mm-hmm. And the, the few things that I did learn about fishing is that number one, you're not gonna catch all, all the same types of fish in every body of water, That's right. right? There's different types of fish in different lakes, in rivers, right? You weren't gonna go to my little lake in Casadega, New York, and catch a marlin. No. You know, no, no, no marlin. There were no sharks, thankfully. You weren't gonna go out there, you weren't gonna go out to that lake and catch salmon, mm-hmm. right? But there were specific types of fish. I don't even know. Musky was the big one. Walleye. Walleye. So, see that, I, I honestly did not go fishing. Um, but there were all kinds of um, different fishermen, and they, the fishermen, they prided themselves in their knowledge of the fish 
in that lake. Mm -hmm. there, we had a neighbor, oh my goodness, he could tell you not only what was in our lake, but what was in the lake down the road and in the lake 30 minutes away. He could tell you what fish were there. He could tell you what hooks to use. He could tell you what bait to use. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that you use different bait for different fish? Yep. It's the same with people. Yes. It's the same with people. Don't think that the same way you witness to your neighbor is going to be the same way you talk to your boss at work. That's right. Because they're different people. They're different fish. That's right. And so it's going to require different bait. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about baiting people? Yes, I am. Yes, yes I am. Yeah. Baiting them, hooking them with the light of the gospel of yeah. Christ. You understand, when I was raised, I was raised in church. But I never heard the gospel. What I did hear was, if you'll just be a good girl, if you'll just obey the law, if you'll just obey the rules, if you'll just come to church on Sundays and join the choir, and if you'll just go downtown and help the homeless once a month, then you're good then Jesus is going to love you and everything will be good and you'll go to heaven. Wow. So if you can't, when people would come to me when I got to college and I met these Christians who were different than what I knew a Christian should be and they'd come and start talking about, you know, um, hell. What? What? Hell? No one ever talked about hell in my church. They did not. Why? Because you just had to be good. Just be good. Just be good. Just be good. Just be good. So it required certain bait for me. To, something I had to hear. What did I have to hear? The reality that just being a good person wasn't enough right. to make it to heaven. Right. What did I need to hear? I needed to hear Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. Yes and fallen short of the glory of God. That was a tough one for me to swallow. Because all these, these folks that were talking to me about being a Christian and serving Jesus, I would tell them, I am a Christian. Listen, guys, there are millions of people out there who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I was one of them. Mm -hmm. If you ask me, is Jesus the Son of God? I'd say yes. Right. They'd say, if they asked me, is there a heaven? I'd say yes. But I didn't know he had to be Lord of my life. Mm -hmm. right. Right. I didn't know that there was no way for me to be good enough on my own to make it there. I needed someone to flat out tell me everybody has messed up. Everybody has been separated from God. And only the blood of Jesus can make you right. Only the blood of Jesus can cleanse you and allow you to enter into heaven. It was a certain type of 
debate I needed to hear. A certain type of the word that needed to penetrate my heart so that the blinders could fall off. Can this happen in one conversation with somebody? Possibly. But more than likely, this is what my husband talked about weeks ago about making disciples. This is caring enough about somebody, loving them enough to talk to them and talk to them Mm -hmm. and talk to them Mm -hmm. and pray for them and go after them. And when they turn you away, I mean, my husband has told us the stories of when, uh, the, when the guy who led him to the Lord and told him about the Lord, uh, he came to him time and time and time again and talked to him about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And my, my husband kindly, not so kindly, told him where to go. And it wasn't heaven. But when he came to the point where the blinders started to disintegrate and he realized on his own he could not be right with God, what this friend had ministered to time and time again and talked to him about came back to his remembrance. There's different types of bait. Mm -hmm. Now Finney, he knew this. He knew how to reach the prominent people in the towns. He knew how to reach the farmers. He knew, Jesus knew this, didn't he? Didn't he know how to talk to the people? He was a master. He knew how to bring the Pharisees down to size, right? The religious leaders. He knew how to cut them through with a knife and bring bring their heart back to where it should be. And he also knew how to talk to the simplest person. He knew how to talk to somebody who knew about religion. He he knew how to talk to somebody who knew nothing about God. Mm -hmm. That is our job. And guess what? With the Spirit's help, we can do it. Why? Because he sent for fishers. And he sent us. He sent us. Glory to God. And the Bible says we shall catch them. We shall catch them. We shall catch them. So if a fisherman really loves to fish, he will, he will buy the best equipment. He will, find, he'll, he will buy the best boat. He will get up at 2 in the morning. Come on now to get out on that lake before anybody else does, before anything else disturbs the fish. He will do whatever it takes to go get those fish. He will, he will get nets, he will get hooks, he will get bait, he'll buy worms, he'll buy minnows, he'll buy whatever it takes to get the job done. Jesus is asking us to get this job done. Amen. Whatever it takes. And what is it going to take? Us being aware of the people out there who are dying, who are walking around with a blindfold on, who can't see the light of the gospel. (sighs) It's going to take us caring enough to go after them, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Is it going to take buying them a cup of coffee every morning for a while? Is it going to take... Bacon and the casserole. Is it going to take going over and knocking on the door and saying, I'm just checking to see if you're okay. 
I'm talking to myself, guys. I'm preaching to me. There are neighbors in my neighborhood. One is literally dying. I know she knows the Lord, but still. What about her whole family? And I have not yet gone over and knocked on their door and said, what can I do? Talking to me. Talking to me. Finney said this, do not think that earnest piety alone can make you successful in winning souls. Don't think that just because you live a good life, that's the only thing you need. He said, this is only one condition of success. There must be common sense. There must be spiritual wisdom in adapting a means to the end. There must be, you must uh, take into account matter and manner and order and time and place. All need to be wisely adjusted to the end we have in view. Let me say it again. Matter and manner and order and time and place all need to be wisely adjusted to the end we have in view. Every word that we say, every action we make, it's on purpose. There's an end in view. You're going to see this gospel. You're going to have an opportunity for the light to be revealed to you. Guys, my friends, they didn't come up to me and say, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. No, they, they just, they lived their life of Christianity in front of me. Mm-hmm. And they just say these comments. Because I kept saying, I'm a Christian. And they're like, okay. Okay. And I say, so have you asked the Lord about, have you asked the Lord about this decision you're talking about? And I'd be like, why would I do that? They would just say certain things to make me realize I'm not the same Christian that they are. I'm I'm not walking the same life they are. They would just say different comments and they would invite me into places such as a service at church on a Sunday morning. They would invite me to their, their group that they would have there on campus on Sunday nights, their praise and worship time where they'd have guest ministers come in and minister. They would invite me to come be around other people that had the light of the gospel shining out of their life why to show up the fact that I was blind I was dark I was not like them and it made me completely uncomfortable Mm -hmm. I don't want to invite them because they might feel uncomfortable I know they will get over it the fish does not feel comfortable when the hook starts going through their mouth. Yes. That's right. It's not comfortable. I know. Invite them anyway. Amen. 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 Right? Yes. I'm, I am preaching to myself. It's going to be uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable for weeks, for months. I was uncomfortable. Why? Because the presence of the Spirit of God started dealing with my heart. Mm -hmm. 
and I, the blinders started to melt. And I started to see. I didn't see completely. I didn't understand completely. No one's going to understand the full light of the gospel until they received Jesus and surrendered to his will. They're not going to understand every scripture. That's okay. All they need is enough light shining into their heart for you to say, now it's time. They need to know. Guys, listen. They need to know that to make it to heaven, they have to receive Jesus as their Lord. Yes. Right. Their Savior. It has to be personal. Right. Right. Now, Brother Finney understood this, and he would let people stew. He would tell them about hell. He would tell them, because he talked to mostly people that had been going to church just because it was the thing to do. And they weren't saved. They, they barely recognized the Bible as the authority of, uh, uh, of their life. They, 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 they didn't know Jesus as their Lord. They just went to service because that was what they were supposed to do. And Finney knew how to tell people, guys, without the blood of Jesus covering your heart, you know, taking away your sins unless you ask him. Unless you talk to him, unless you realize without Jesus, you cannot make it. Yeah. He said, he said, that's it. And so he would call people together. He would preach the gospel. He would wait until people were so uncomfortable, they were literally writhing. He said they, would, they were squirming. They were, they were moaning. They were weeping. Guys, when the Spirit of God, a few days before I got born again, he started coming on me. I mean, we've all sensed that in praise, even praise and worship this morning, right? He comes upon you. But when he comes upon someone that doesn't know God, it's so uncomfortable. People don't know what to do. And he came upon me, and I started, I started uncontrollably weeping. And I looked at my friend who was a Christian and I said, what is happening to me? Mm-hmm. And thank God she knew how to answer. She said, the Spirit of God is showing you how real he is. Mm-hmm. He wants you to accept him. And it wasn't but a few days later. Oh my God. I mean, for days. I, I would say three days. I would just start weeping. What's, what's happening? What's going on? Guys, this is what we're looking for. Yes. This Amen. is what we're looking for. Amen. People getting the light. The, the blinders starting to, I don't know, we've, we've all seen so many science fiction movies. I mean, where they had, you know, the scales, the scales that could be on somebody. They can just start to melt, right? They can start to come off. That, um, I mean... The, the blinders can just literally melt off of their heart mm-hmm. and their eyes. And all of a sudden, they can see. And as soon as they can see, boom. Yep. We're a fisher. We're yeah. a fisherman. Yeah. What are we going to do? You, what do they say? As soon as you s- sense that hook, 
tug a little bit, what do you do? Boom. You, come on, I don't know anything about fishing, and I know that. You set the hook. You set the hook. Boom. What are you doing? Boom. You're making sure that hook sinks in deep. Yeah. Yeah. Why? So you can reel them in. We don't leave them on the street where we prayed for them. We don't leave them to defend for themselves. Nope. We don't just get the hook in their mouth. We pull them in. That's right. Amen. Yes. Amen. Now that you've received Jesus, come with me. Yeah. There's such a great way to live. Now that you've received Jesus, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you yeah. through and through. Yeah. Um, you're not going to leave until you're praying in tongues. Praise the Lord. Right. Now that you've received Jesus, Amen. let me talk to you about him being your healer. You don't have to walk around with a bad ankle and a bad knee and, and hardly hearing and not being able to. You can have everything that God's provided for you. Amen. Once we sink that hook, come on, fishermen, we pull them in. That's yes. right. Amen. We pull them in. Yes. We pull them in. Amen. Glory to God. Once again, I don't have time to read to you the stories that, um, that I had... Uh, signed out for you, but can I just read you one paragraph? Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Just one paragraph. And uh, he, this is when he was, he had been ministering to the people literally of this town, but, but really of the church because nobody in the church was born again. And um, the, the reverend, the pastor, he calls him Mr. Gillette here, he was so agitated because he's realizing as Finney's preaching that he had never himself preached the gospel. Right. And said, uh, he said, Mr. Gillette became so agitated that I stepped up to him and took him by the arm. He had, he had gathered all these inquiries, inquirers into one spot. And Mr. Gillette, the reverend, he had invited Finney to come in and talk to these people. Because they were so agitated. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't perform their daily duties. They couldn't do what they needed to do. He said every house that they went into, people were on their knees or prostrate on the floor. You know, trying to find out how, how, what was wrong with them. It was the same thing with me when, the, when I was just crying uncontrollably for days. Yeah. This is what will happen to entire towns when the Spirit of God starts moving and people start praying. Praise the Lord. And so he brings all these people into one room. And Finney says, the agitation deepened every moment. And as I could hear their sobs and sighs, I closed my prayer and rose from my knees. They all rose and I said, now please go home without speaking a word to each other. These are all people under the conviction of the Spirit. Try to keep silent and do not break out into any boisterous show of feeling, but go without saying a word to your rooms. I love that. Go to your room. Yeah. Yeah. Go without any boisterous show of feeling. Why? He understood that if one person just started getting really emotional, other people would jump on the bandwagon just because they were emotional. Right. He wanted everyone to go home and get with God themselves Amen. and come to the realization that they needed him. Mm -hmm. And so he sent them all home. 
without speaking a word, go, don't show any feeling, go to your rooms. So he sent them all home. The next day they started visiting people one by one. And that's when he said, he finally looked at the reverend and he said, this isn't going to work. We're going to have to call everybody to one spot. We'll never reach everybody. And so they called what they would call, they called it back then, a meeting of inquiry. If you wanted to inquire about how to be saved. They call it a meeting of inquiry. And so they spread the word. Right after lunch, you can all come to the church house. Everybody came. Everybody came. He said the prominent people of the town, the farmers, everybody was there. And he said, again, there was so much emotion. He said they stayed from right after lunch until evening. And he said almost everybody was converted. Why? He gave them the time they needed to let the Spirit of God convict their heart until they came to the point where they realized Without him, I'm never going to make it in life. Praise the Lord. He did that. That was Rome, New York. He did a revival for 20 days in that town. It said 500 people were saved in 20 days. In 20 days. In 20 days. Guys, he wants us to be fishers of men. Hallelujah. Fishers of men. Not only that, the Bible says we shall catch them. We shall catch them. There are people out there who are blind. And we have the remedy to help them see. If someone was blind and crossing the street, wouldn't you just naturally run and help them? Absolutely. That's what we're doing Every time we talk to somebody about the gospel, that's what we're doing. We're helping them see. Praise the Lord. So important. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet? It's the light of the gospel that sets people free. It's Jesus that sets people free. But it's going to require us knowing what bait to use. It's going to require us doing whatever it takes, buying whatever equipment we need, going, doing, you know, going the extra mile. If we sense in our heart that this is the person we're to minister to, uh, we just don't stop. Glory to God. We just don't stop. We do everything with a smile on our face. If they tell us to go to hell, we'll just smile and say, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't, but okay. And, and, you know, we just keep coming back with the love of God. We just keep shining the light of the gospel until it penetrates their heart and they see, I need Jesus. I need him. And then once that hook's gone in and you're, I, I got, guys, I'll tell you, uh, you talk about an addiction, you go get somebody saved and you will get so excited yourself. Mm-hmm. Come on now, you lead somebody to the Lord. It is it is addicting. You say, where's the next one? I want the Amen. next one. Where's the next one? I need the next one. Glory to God. Why? Because you're snatching somebody out of hell and helping them get to heaven. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Once you put that hook in, you better reel them in all the way. Amen. Reel them right in here to this building. Reel them right into the word. Reel them right into healing. Reel them right into the spirit. 
Praise the Lord. We can do this. Everybody say, I shall catch them. I shall catch them. I shall catch them. One more time. I, I shall, shall catch, catch them. them. You're dismissed. Yes.